0: Hey, guys, this is Clyde of House of Clyde, and this is My House, My Rules. Jussie! Bitch, I know you ain't fucking lying. Let me find out that you lying about this motherfucking scandal that's going on. Like, we've been through too much as a gay black community to have something like this set us the fuck back. No, like, seriously, I don't know how many times I've been picked on as a child for being gay or how many times I've almost been beat up myself for being gay and then we have things like this happening and then it's like could you imagine being someone after this being a gay black male after this and almost being beat up and almost having the concept of someone not believing you because of Jussie's situation like how annoying could that be like I don't know if he's lying to get publicity or if he's lying to I'm I'm not sure but it, it just doesn't make sense to me Another subject I wanted to talk about in fashion is something that kind of happened a while back with the Grammys, and that is Cardi B and fucking Mugler. Like, what the fuck? I don't even think people understand the kind of magic that went behind her being in that look, or I don't even know what kind of strings... Uh, Colin I believe his name is Paul, to get her in that look but let me educate y'all on something that y'all probably didn't take into consideration when you saw Cardi B in that Hulk Couture look first let's take into consideration that Cardi B is probably nowhere near the size of the model that originally wore the piece so you have to think that there was probably major, major alterations done to that piece in order for it to look the way it did on the red carpet. So let's take the time to shout out to the alterations department in these fashion houses that are transforming these looks onto these different sizes. You see a lot of times where you see a designer look on a on a celebrity that is not that standard size and I want you guys to know that there's an alterations department that is pushing that shit out yo I think it's so dope when I see that because I always think there's probably like a little Spanish lady a little Mandarin woman or a little Viennese woman it's probably really nice and really sweet that put their arm foot and leg until they looked for it to reach the red carpet. And that's a part of the fashion industry that a lot of people like to neglect, that there, there's alterations, there's tailoring, there's a whole line of seamstresses out here that make the fashion industry go. You know, a lot of people put eyes on the stylist, a lot of people put eyes on the designer, but you gotta remember that there are people that actually spend their day putting together the clothes that we wear every day so think about that sometimes when you're wearing your jeans that somebody's job is actually to put that together so when you when i saw cardi b wearing that look i was like wow i don't even know the dimensions of cardi b you know height bust waist hip kind of thing and i don't know the dimensions of the model that originally wore it but i want to take that i want to take the time to find that information out for you guys so y'all can see the difference because there had to be a lot of alterations made to that piece in order for her to wear it or 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 they probably made a whole new look you know made a remade a whole new look in order to fit her um either way I think that it was a major moment in fashion and I think it was a major moment in hip-hop and I think it was a I think Cardi B as a artist right now is making major moments and major fucking moves with her work that is pushing what what female rap should mean now, and you know, that's taking your sexuality and holding it tight and then punching it in people's faces, which is one of the things that I love about her. And I wanted to come here to talk to you about that, guys, because I saw that and I was like, wow, I wonder if people know the amount of energy and amount of legwork that is put into making those things happen. You know, some people just look at the stylist and the designer and just forget that there was some people that somebody that was putting their arm, leg and foot into that look to make sure that it hit the right way and that it looked good on camera so when you see those red carpet looks and you see those haute couture looks on the red carpet think about that tailor shop and those seamstresses that put in that legwork to make that happen What's up guys, so it is Tuesday and I'm just hearing that Karl Lagerfeld just passed away So I want to say rest in peace to him for that But I am definitely looking forward to seeing with what Chanel will come forward with Even though I've already seen that they announced someone else that would take his place But I'm definitely interested in seeing what the brand will come with next with him passing away But what I wanted to really talk about as far as current events in fashion, is I wanted to talk about this noose hoodie from Burberry. Like, are you fucking kidding me with this noose for a hoodie? Granted, the concept is amazing by using a different knot to tie for the hoodie. As a person that used to be a Boy Scout, I can probably give you three to four knots that you could have used besides the noose. But now that brings me into a situation where are these brands doing this for publicity? are are they looking to get our attention like what is the reason behind this because at this point i feel like that i don't even know really know how to feel about that not like not trying to be funny i am not a expensive clothes person so no i do not own gucci no i do not want to own gucci i don't own burberry and i do not want to own burberry but I still feel the need to speak on these things because these are brands that I sh- hope to one day be working for or working with. So it's like, I'm coming here to tell you guys how I feel about it. I think it's completely distasteful. Like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, like, did people, did no one else, like, what did they what did they call it did they find another did they find a technical term for a noose and decided to call it that or did people want to skate around the concept of it being a noose like even if we weren't talking about slavery at this point it's just like why would you want a noose as a tie for a hoodie like seriously i i don't know who's behind the table on that but i definitely feel like that people are lacking imagination at this point Another topic I was told to talk about for my Facebook was my transition from, um, Virginia to California and how that has shaped me creatively. Um, if you do not know, I am from Richmond, Virginia, and I moved to Santa Ana, California, probably about be two years in August that I made that, uh, big leap and, um, It's really difficult to talk about because I don't think people really understand the amount of passion that I have for life and what I do and how I grew up in kind of like a a closed off circle. You know, my world wasn't big until I moved to California. You know what I mean? My world consisted of Virginia and New York. You know, my family is from New York. They moved down here in the late 70s. They moved to Virginia in the late 70s. You know, I was kind of the first generation. I was actually born and raised in Virginia. So, you know, it's odd being from Virginia and then having your aunts and uncles being from New York. And they're constantly telling you, like, yo, Virginia's fucked up. You know, you need to get out of here kind of thing. So I moved to California with my best friend Cedric. If you know, if you don't know me and Cedric went to Virginia State University together, we been friends ever since the moment we realized that we think about things the same way. So, Cedric is, uh, was a hospitality major. He ended up getting a job directly after he graduated. We graduated in December. They wanted him to start in February. You know, he has great work ethic, and he has, uh, he's a great guy. So, he um, didn't know where he wanted to go. They was going to move him anywhere. So, he didn't want to go up north because it was cold. Didn't want to go to town south. It's two country. Didn't want to go to Texas. Didn't want to be mid- Midwest and all that kind of stuff. So, I suggested the concept of California. I mean, why not? The weather's great. People are great. You know, cost of living is high, but they're willing to pay you more. You know, it it sounded great, so he got the job. And I remember him saying that, "Oh, I'm gonna be in Santa Ana, Anaheim, California." And I remember being like, "What the fuck? Where the fuck is that?" Pulling up the map, like, "Where the fuck is this at?" And seeing the place, I was like, "Ah, that that sounds okay." You know, I wasn't really trying to move when he moved. I wanted him to move there first, get his feet wet, get his job in, get his place together. You know what I mean? And I was going to finish my lease where I was living at, get some more work experience under my belt. And then I was going to transition to California. So right after, right when my lease was up and I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm ready for this transition. Uh, Cedric's mom passed away and Cedric was very close to his mom. And I felt the closeness to his mom being that me and Cedric share a lot of um, share a lot of things. You know, one of the things is he's an Aries. I'm an Aries. He's the Aries, Pisces, Cups. I'm more of the Aries, Taurus, Cups. Both of our parents are Capricorns. His mother's birthday is actually the day after my mom's birthday, so I understand. I understood his connection to his mother, and when I found out that his mom passed, it actually pushed me to get there sooner because I wanted to be there for my friend. You know, me and Cedric aren't really emotional people, so when I say be there for him, I mean just physically be there. We weren't hugging each other and crying and shit like that. No, we don't. We're we're, we're definitely not those. We're not. We're not those friends so um, I decided to move to California I gave away threw away dumped all of my clothes majority of my clothes and it's, it's sad to say but there are some of my pieces that I was dying for people to buy from me and I've been pushing the people buy from me but I actually had to throw them in the trash Yes, so when you go on my website and you're trying to figure out where that piece is or I wonder if Clyde still has that, if if I had it at my place in Virginia, nine times out of ten, I don't have it now and I had to throw it in the trash. So thank you for all the people that has purchased things from me and thank you to all the people who did not purchase things from me because I had to actually throw my good quality pieces in the trash because I could not transport it with me. Yes, very sad. But anyway, so when I moved to California, there was an early August, I just went i packed up all my things moved them grabbed some stuff with me and i just went um i got there it was a tuesday in august that i got to california and by that following tuesday i had a job working at keystone uniforms yes um, Keystone Uniforms was a tactical uniform company that, I, um, that is contracted with the local police, fire, and EMS in the area. And we basically just did uniforms for police officers and firefighters. It was pretty a straightforward job. Very hard if you don't have good customer service skills. And from there, I grew, to be honest with you. I was on the sales floor. Uh, working with the police officers and stuff directly. You know, we had a tailor shop. Our tailor shop was across the way. Uh, We had the seamstresses, seamstresses all the machines, the embroidery, everything. It was so cool to be working on the retail environment and then walking into the tailor shop. Being that I make clothes, it was just like a great job for me to be at. Um, Thanks to the universe being the way they are, and within six months, I was actually offered the position as the embroiderer, uh, the person that embroiders the names on the shirts, the stars and the hash marks, and all those things. It was such a cool offer. And I took it and I took it and I took it head on. I knew nothing about embroidery. I knew nothing about the process, but I knew that I could learn it and that I can do it. Um, I ended up later on becoming a tailor shop supervisor, supervising the tailor shop and the seamstresses while doing my job as an embroiderer, maintaining due dates and all that kind of stuff. It was An awesome job to be at. However, after a while, I grew tired of the process and I wanted something new and I wanted something different. So I sought out another job, which led me to where I am right now, which is Artbeat Studios as a print assembler. Um, I love Artbeat Studios and I love the people there and everything is really cool. I can, you know, be a lot more relaxed at work and I actually can do the things that I want to do socially still there. Now, that's just the job part. So when I moved to California, me and Cedric was living in a studio, which is nothing new for us because me and him shared a dorm. So in the dorm was bigger than the studio. So I mean, the studio was bigger than the dorm. So I mean, it was shit. It was cool. But right afterwards, uh, we were looking for, of course, we were going to look for a bigger place. A lot of things came into play. We had a friend come down, Byron, who came down to come stay. And he was looking for a lifestyle in California, too. But, you know, being that he moved directly from New York, I think he was so used to the New York, the New York culture, the New York culture. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with my dialect. And sometimes I'll be talking weird. But anyway, so he was so used to New York culture that he ended up moving back there. And I completely understood because I feel like New York is fast paced and you move into California. It's legit like apples and oranges. You know what I mean? So I completely understood. So me and Cedric had the studio. And then one of we. um had a friend, Dana, who was coming from another job who got a job in Anaheim at the convention center and she was coming down. So it, it turned into an awesome opportunity. So we moved into a three bedroom, two and a half bath townhouse. And let me tell you, as a person who has been through so much shit when it comes to living situations and housing, it was such a relief to to be in that in that place. You know what I mean? Just being able to say that, hey, I moved across the country to California and I'm living in an actual townhouse that I can afford and pay for. Like, that's amazing. I've known a lot of people that have moved to California and have struggled financially and struggled with jobs and struggles with living situations. And here I am moving slow, moving smoothly through this process. And it was just a blessing. So with that, of course, you know designing is always in the process. Um, I got contacted to do LA Fashion Week and it was an amazing opportunity for me. So I went for it, designing, designing, designing. And it was great because at this point I'm the tailor shop supervisor and I, I have embroidery under my belt and I got some seamstresses under my belt too. It was just, it was just rock socking, you know, to be able to um, have a collection, make the collection and know that You know, if I run into any problems, I know that I have my seamstresses that can do my work for me. And I have embroidery now that I can add into my aesthetic. It was just amazing. You know, it was just an amazing process overall. A lot of research was done within the collection. A lot of things were added to the collection that I didn't think were going to make it. Um, And just the overall collection itself was just a milestone for me. The actual fashion show was something different it wasn't something that I was expecting and I realized that you know the LA fashion industry is way different than the industry on the east coast so it was definitely a new experience to me I don't really want to tell you guys how I really felt about me doing LA fashion week because I feel like they'll be me admitting to um, some things that I'm really not um, ready to admit to yet but I can tell you guys that you know the process for LA fashion week was amazing but I honestly feel like that Afterwards, after doing the show and looking back on what I produced and looking back on the actual show and looking back on the models that I chose, I felt like that, you know, I was all over the place. I was scattered brained the entire time where it's just like I had all these ideas and all these things that I wanted to do. You know, moving to California gave me so much inspiration that my collection just looked like a broad range of things where it It wasn't a collection. It wasn't cohesive. It wasn't in unison. It was um, an arrangement of work that currently describes my current artistic situation. You know what I mean? I don't think it was uh, my best. I don't think it was my best collection. It might've been my best work featured in in the collection but i don't feel like that collection as a whole was my best work to be honest with you my best work is still that that my denim collection to be honest with you and i might might roll around another denim collection on your ass to be honest Thank you guys so much for tuning in for my second episode of House of Clyde, My House, My Rules. Check out my next episode where I might give you guys a sneak peek into why I didn't want to talk about LA Fashion Week and more news and entertainment.